Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. It is January 16th. It's Monday. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and I don't know what time it is where you are, but you're tuned into the drive-in speaker box. I'm your host, Bo, the boom operator, uh, and it's just me. It's just me in here. Um, if you're watching the live stream, you probably figured that out already uh, because you can see me, but uh, Jake is not here. He is out sick this evening. And uh, so you, you're, you're just stuck with me. So um, my apologies in advance. But we do have a good show for you this week. Sorry I was not here last week. Um, I, was in, I was in New York. I was on Broadway. And I got to go see uh, Phantom of the Opera. It's getting retired next month, which is really, really sad. But, um, but I got to see it, and I was very, very happy that I got to see it because it's a classic. And, you know, I left, I left the theater just, you know, uh, singing, singing songs and um, having Andrew Lloyd Webber stuck in my head. It was a good time. And New York is a, is a, is a crazy town and um, had a good time. I'm back. I lost my luggage. Actually, I'm going to record a whole podcast about the experience of my luggage because I didn't have... And everyone's like, you should never check a bag. And it, I didn't check a bag. It was... Um, it was... It was it was not a checked bag. It was my carry-on bag that that was taken from me. So uh, it was it was it was a weird time. But I'm back, and I managed to see some movies this week. I'm going to be talking about uh, House Party, the new film that is a remake of the film of the same name, and I'll be talking about House of Darkness. So uh, double houses, House Party of Darkness. We're going to be talking about two movies tonight. Uh, House of Darkness on Hulu right now. It did get a. I don't think it got a theatrical release, but it was shot here locally. It has uh, Justin Long in it, and uh, I checked it out over the weekend. We're going to be talking about it. So, um, yeah, uh, going in the chat, getting caught up. For those of you that are listening to the podcast version of this, wherever it is you subscribe to your podcast, the live chat happens every Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. A lot of people, a lot of activity already going on on, on Twitch. Uh, let's see. Velvet Santa says they saw I want to dance with someone. Um, Vince said, heard a great segment on the people in the orchestra that do Phantom on the exact same way for 20 years. It's really fascinating. Oh, the orchestra. Like... You, you, I'm going to touch on that here in just a second. Zimmerhammer uh, over on Twitch saying, Yobo, Adam here, what is up? Um, so to, to, to jump on to Vince's comment about the uh, This American Life podcast, like, yes, this, this is the longest-running Broadway production in history, right? It's been going on for, for an attorney, like almost 40 years or something. And, uh, you know, there's, there is an orchestra there. And, and a lot of these, I went and saw another, another show, it was called uh, Six. And it was, you know, there was a live band, you know, but, but some of the stuff, especially traveling stuff, they don't have a live orchestra, it's all recordings. But, but having the orchestra pit going and having all the stuff, you know, I, I feel like that we were in for a treat because I, I believe that 
you know, the production of Phantom there for a while was probably starting to get a little dialed in, you know, and, and anybody that works on stage, I mean, I've worked on stage many, many times, you know, as a performer and, and, and behind the scenes, but, you know, there is something about performing to an empty house that is a little bit soul sucking, you know, you know, when you're, when you're on a stage in front of a crowd, you know, and the problem with Phantom is it was not selling as many tickets. It was not packing the house. It was, you know, starting to die off. That was when they made the decision to end the show. But now that the decision is out there to end the show, people are lining up. Like the, the, the shows are just sold out because you got it. You got to see it before it's gone. But the energy in the room of a packed house of people that are just hungry for the show it transfers to the stage th- through the the cast and they act as like a conduit of this energy and then they siphon it right back out to to you the viewer and it is it is a very special thing and so i i, I felt very very um fortunate to be able to 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 catch a performance of the show towards the end when energy was high and everyone was excited in the room and i mean you know i hate to use it was electric but it kind of was man like it was it was great and you know it'll probably come back who knows you know they they they're gonna mcrib that shit like that's that's the way we do it now but the problem with broadway productions is you know so much of the cool stuff is engineered you know the, the 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 effects and the things coming out of the stage you can't travel with that like this the the theater kind of has to be built around it so um affable shadow on twitch says i'll never forget feeling the combined energy when i saw my first midnight showing in theaters as an adolescent yeah i mean well i mean that 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 feeling you know back when there was a midnight showing of an early release like standing like i remember standing in line to go see um the Star Wars re-releases, you know, in theaters. And many of these people, you know, were were taking their, their children to go. It's like, oh, my God, you get to see this. That's how I saw it. Like, I was too young to really see the original Star Wars in theaters. But then when the re-release happened, just going, standing in line, getting in there, and just the energy in the room um, has – oh, thanks for the gift of the sub, Vince. That's very generous of you. Um that that that's something that you don't see much anymore because there's never they don't do midnight releases anymore they don't do um all of that 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 hype has kind of gone away and now because the way that the movie industry has really just sort of bombarded us with guilt tripping us into making us feel like we have to go see these movies like oh there's another mcu you're an idiot if you miss out it kind of took a lot of that magic and a lot of that fun out of going to see these movies in the theater um and that's kind of an unfortunate side effect because, the you know, and this is something you hear me say on the show for, you know, the past 15 or how many ever years I've been doing this, is that there is a magic to the the, the, the theater. And uh, hang on, I'm, I'm still, my sound levels are still a little whack from when it was thunderstorming. I didn't realize I didn't readjust those. Um, the, you know, we've lost, we've lost some of that love and feeling you guys, because with streaming media and people not willing to go out of their homes to see these new movies and, you know, these companies realizing that they've got to, you know, basically trick us into going to the theaters. It has to be this big, insane production. Like the, the magic of the theaters is a communal space. It is all about being in a room with that energy 
And um, we've kind of talked ourselves out of even enjoying that energy, you know, um, because we, we've gotten so convenience obsessed. And once we become so convenience obsessed, then the the experience is less about how do we get people excited about coming to the theaters and seeing these movies and more about how do we get how do we figure out how to trick people into giving us money for things that are convenient and you know you see a lot less emphasis on trying to make good content and more of an emphasis on how can we constantly nickel and dime you and get you like hooked on our subscription services so um Dina says, Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman's right, dude. You know, some, sometimes heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And, you know, the theater is, you know, I don't want to sound like a freaking AMC, like pre-trailer ad, but it, it, it's, it's true, man. Like there is something special about the movie theater. That's why they're still around. Like if COVID didn't kill them, there's a reason for it and you know they're not as healthy as they once were but they're still here and it's because there is something important about seeing a film in a theater and you know if there's any if there's ever any like one big takeaway from this show that I've been doing for a really long time because this this the show is about conversing with people about movies educate edging educating people how to watch movies like i think you know watching something as content is is a is kind of a really horrible way to think about films and filmmaking you know it's storytelling and you know yeah you know i'm not going to say that that everything is just an amazing story to be told like home improvement or whatever it's just like sitcom garbage but you know, but not everything has to be time filler for people that hate their lives, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's weird. Like as Dina said, you know, during the depression movies helped people and, uh, they still do. It is, it is the most healthy form of escape that a, that a person can really, you know, uh, take refuge in. But, uh, Vince says, even the word content creeps me out. Oh, total agree. Uh, Richpo says, definitely wish I went to the movies more often. It's just so expensive now. But is it? It really is not as expensive as people think. Because, you know, and, and, and not to, you know, I'm going to, not to play. I'm totally going to play devil's advocate with you right now. Because I'm going to sell you on going to the movies. We think that it's expensive. And it, you think about the things that you spend money on in your daily life that you just, you know, you're like, go, going and buying a fucking Happy Meal is more expensive than going to to uh, the movies. You know, it's it's like 10 bucks, $10. And I have AMC A-List, which is t- like 20 bucks a month, and I see three movies a week? You tell me, like, it is cheaper t- for me to go to the theater and watch movies than it is Netflix, you know? And, uh, and and as Dina says, people are now quantifying time over qualifying it. And a lot of times I find that people that say it's too expensive haven't been to the movie in a long time. And they're like, well, the popcorn's $50. Well, who's twisting your arm to get popcorn? You know, and um, 
it, it as, as Zimmerhammer said on Twitch, inflation has made it realistic. Um, because it, it, it really is like 15 years ago, I could go to the Little Sugar Creek Theater for a $6 movie. Well, 15 years ago, you know, a suite at the corner store only cost a nickel, you know, and a gallon of gas was a 97 cents. But did you stop driving your car? You know, like, I mean, that's, you know, a cheeseburger from McDonald's was a dollar 15 years ago. Did you stop eating food? Did you stop, like, you, do you have a Netflix subscription? Do you, you know, do you have, like, what are all the, like, your cell phone bill? Like, your, you know, all the apps on your phone that you pay for? Like, there's so much stuff in the world that we throw money out, like, that, if you're at the grocery store and you go, man, that Pop Rock flavored Oreo pack sounds awesome. I'm going to spend $5.99 trying something that's going to taste like butt. But I tried it. Well, that was a movie ticket. And, um, you know, I mean, everything has gotten a little bit more expensive. But I do think that movies are something that have held their value because it's, 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 it's a more valuable commodity. I mean, you, a coffee from Starbucks is literally more expensive than a movie ticket. And... Um, so, you know, uh, not to like completely high horse all of this, but, you know, it, you're not paying for the movie. You're paying to see this movie in a theater, which is lit properly and isolating you. And, and the sound is dialed in and it's on a big screen and you're, you're, you're cozy in a spice, especially if all the, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't have a a, 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 a fucking bark a lounger that you could hit a button and go and get on your app and have someone bring you like mozzarella sticks like that is mind-boggling um and they still are only charging 10 bucks you know and 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 that's where the value of going to the movie theater actually works out if you think about it so um let's see movie hour says cable tv has gotten outrageous well and cable tv pushed you know um it pushed damn why is that pop filter not working uh it it really pushed the advent of streaming media to go hey cut the cable save some money get what you want but then our convenience it has tricked us into thinking that we're saving money but i know people that pay triple what they used to for cable because they've got an espn subscription an apple plus subscription a, a paramount plus subscription netflix and hulu and all of a sudden they're 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 monthly and not to not to mention the internet bill that they have to have the highest of speeds to, because they're like well you're streaming way too much data this month sir so you need to upgrade your plan so your home internet's like 50 bucks and you're spending 450 bucks on fucking streaming services and then you know ugh, it kind of they get you, man. Um, let's see. Affable Shadow says maybe things like Redbox got us thinking differently about the value of movies too. And and y- y- yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of these a lot of these the content got us thinking about the value of movies. YouTube got us thinking about the value of movies because you know when when movies get lumped into the world of content, because um, you know the dumbass on YouTube that you know going, hey, cocktail fail, pouring Dr. Pepper in a blender and then sticking an iPad in there and then getting a billion views. Like, okay, well, that's a dude in his cell phone in his garage and uh, making something funny that you're going to watch. But then people are putting that in the same same swipe as season three of whatever the hell, putting that in the same swipe as, um, you know, uh, the menu 
that just came out. And so to a lot of people, it's indiscernible of watching cat videos versus watching season two of Storage Wars versus watching kind of an interesting art house film. Like in those, none of those things are created equally. And, um, but then we lump them into the same value. And I think that that's, it, that's a, that's a complicated issue about the consumption of art and media is that, you know, the, the value that we perceive, um, and it's like Dogecoin, like what, what is value? And, um, and that's kind of what the show's about is like, how do I get people to think about movies constructively in an entertaining way? that is tongue-in-cheek but also academic you know and i know we don't take the academic high horse here very often um but that's what the show was founded on and believe it or not like i do have a serious side that does love to talk about art and art film and art history and all of this kind of stuff as dina knows um because she's she knew me knew me from when i had an arts nonprofit that she was a part of and um you know, I just want people to think about these things, and I'm not telling you to go out, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody for not um, paying to go see a movie. Like, I don't know your finances, and, and 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 that's fine. I understand that, but but when I hear people say that it's 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 not worth it, um, that makes me want to have a bigger conversation of like, what is value, and 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 what is worth to you, and and what is art, and what is, you know, how do you view these things so um anyway uh velvet santa says none of these internet videos will be in the national film registry i don't know um the the closer we lean towards idiocracy the 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 more i start thinking that you know nyan cat will be in the smithsonian before we know it or numa numa kid will go down in history for i don't know something um but we haven't even covered covered the news um Welcome to the show, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, real hashtag real talk. Um, what's going on? Um, in in no surprise news this week, John Williams psych isn't retiring from film scores like he said he has wanted to do. Like every time he says he's going to retire, he didn't. I thought that was kind of funny no- news. Um, History of the World Part Two dropped a trailer uh, finally at long last. Mel Brooks returning for a star-studded sequel on Hulu. You can check that one out. Um, Mel Brooks like still still out there uh, trying to stay relevant. Um, what else was in the news that I felt like mentioning? I saw a Scream Six trailer that I didn't care about. Um, what else? Uh, James Cameron announcing some Nat Geo crap that I don't care about. Uh, <laughs> Chucky got renewed for another season magically season three coming out uh, God, I'm having to scrub through these because we don't have a lot of time to talk um, what was else was in my notes um, oh this was okay this was hilarious I saw this blurb and I like almost did a spit take and <laughs> Oh my God, this is, I, I, I got to find this quote because you are, okay. So Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out, right? Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. okay? Ant-Man and the Wasps, MCU edition of Mania, about a wise-cracking man with a shrinky suit that's going into a, another dimension to fight another comic book guy. 
based on the very very highbrow Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have. But the writer Jeff Loveness likened the sequel to, and I quote, Alejandro Yorodowski's Dune. What? Like, are you insane right now? Like, possibly, I don't know what parallel dimensional timeline that this dude is on where he is comparing a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to anything that Yorodowski has even thought about. Like, is the just the most hilarious, lame attempt to try and get people like me to want to be interested in a movie like that. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. You know I'm gonna see it because I have to for you guys. But uh, but but reading that in my scroll, like I literally almost did a spit take because that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And if you've never watched Yuridowski's Dune, it's a movie that doesn't exist, but Yuridowski's Dune is a documentary about the movie that never came uh, to be. And a lot of people started talking about it again fairly recently because of the movie Dune. And um, so it got a little bit more prominence in media and got a, a big bolster. It's probably on one of the streaming services. I'm not sure which, but if anything, it's on Amazon and you can pay to watch it. But um, it's it's an amazing documentary about a movie that could have been amazing, um, but we'll never know. So um, Ant-Man and the Wasp likened it to Alejandro Yorodowski's Dune. We will see. Um, what else did I want to mention? That's it. I don't think there's anything else that was really that cool. Um, just some trailers, but... There you have it. I've got lots of movies to talk about tonight, so we're going to skip through that. Let's go ahead and get into what's coming out this weekend, because movies come out every single week, if you didn't know it, and some weeks more than other weeks. So we take the moment right before the 30-minute mark in the show to tell you what's coming out in theaters this week. Um, and there's only one really big movie that's coming out in theaters nationwide. There, there are some smaller released films. Uh, Vince says that uh, Yordowski's Dune is on Stars, but Amazon to buy. So if you do have the Stars Plus add-on on your Amazon Prime, which is you know a fee within a fee within a fee uh, to save you money, so you can cut that cable. Uh, you can you can spend fourteen ninety nine on a platform that you already spend a monthly service on to watch a movie that you will only own digitally for as long as they have the rights to it, which could be as much as two years or as little as next week. We don't know. So um, that's how it's going. Uh, David says lots of people dying out there, but that's depressing. Yes, there are. Um, and that is depressing. But uh, movies that are coming out this weekend is, is, is missing. And this is a movie uh, from the, the creative team that did Searching, which uh, very similar looking film. Uh, but Missing, of course, is a film uh, starring, um, you know, a cast of a lot of people that you've probably never heard of. But uh, it's you've got Ava Zaria Lee, you've got Tim Griffin, you've got Nina, Nina Long and Ken, Ken Lung, who's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, and Storm Reed, you know, who's who's playing uh, a lot of the, the 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 lead here, and it's it's about this young girl who her uh, family 
disappears while they're on vacation and she uses the internet. It's kind of, um, you know, very much sort of paranormal activity, found footage like webcams and emails and all this kind of stuff to kind of put this mystery together of what happened to her family. So you've probably seen the trailer if you've been in the theaters at all recently, but it is coming out in theaters this week. Also coming out in a limited release, The Sun from director Florian Zeller, uh, starring Vanessa Kirby, Hugh Jackman, and Laura Dern. And it is, um, it is about this guy, Peter. He has a busy life with a new partner, Beth, and their baby. Uh, it's thrown into disarray when his ex-wife, Kate, turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. Ooh. So, um, yeah, from the same producers of The Lion. Uh, definitely looks uh, like it's going to be mainly on streaming kind of indie film there. So, um, the other thing I think that's coming out is uh, Alice Darling, which again, uh, it's got all the branches on it. So it's a Lionsgate release and it stars Anna Kendrick and uh, it's directed by Mary Knight and it is about a young woman trapped in an abusive relationship becoming uh, an unwilling participant in an intervention staged by her two closest friends. So um, yeah, I think that one's mainly probably going to hit streaming, but it will be in a, a limited capacity. Uh, as well. Vince over on Twitch says, the only thing I didn't like about searching was when you put Deborah Messing in that movie (laughs) that late, you know she's going to be the villain. This is very true. That's why typecast actors and actresses are, are kind of a dead giveaway, man. Like you typecast a person and you, you, you know, you know, Mark Strong's going to be bad at some point, you know, he is, you know, you, you, you know, you just, you just know when, when they show up that it's gonna, that it's gonna happen. So, uh, good, good point on that one. You can, you can smell them from a mile away. Um, but those are your releases coming out in theaters this week. So you can check that out. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's just go ahead and jump into the movies that I wanted to review because I have two. I have two movies that I want to talk about. Uh, both both of them involve houses. I'm going to start with House of Darkness. This one is available on Hulu right now. Uh, it just came out not too long ago. Um, it is a uh, kind of a retelling of uh, you know the characters from Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's uh, written and directed by Neil Labute. Um, it's starring Kate Bosworth and Justin Long, kind of a two-man act. Uh, it has two other uh, cast members, really. It's got uh, Lucy Walters and Gia Cravatin in it uh, that kind of come in towards the end, uh, playing the characters of Mina, Lucy, and Nora from, of course, the titular uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula novel. And Justin Long, as uh, again, uh, speaking of typecast, Justin Long playing sort of a uh, jabbermouthed, awkward sort of executive type that is lovable and hateable all at the same time. Um, he he has really in his in his later years sort of developed this character that keeps getting cast as this sort of shitty womanizing awkward uh charming nerd like i don't know how justin long earlier in his career he was kind of the 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 nice guy he was like the 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 awkward nice stuttery nice guy but as he has gotten older it's just he's wearing a tie and he's like works at a bank and is an asshole 
but he's just so charming that you kind of like him long enough to also be okay when he dies. I don't know. I mean, that was how he was in Barbarian. That's how he was in that um, episode of Creep Show that he guest starred in. It's what he is in this movie. It's uh, he, <laughs> and as Velvet Santa likes to pour out on Twitch, he was also in that art house film uh, Die Hard Four. Um, you know, if you remember Justin Long, I mean, he was in Waiting. He was in you know the the, the movie uh, about college where they start their own college. I can't remember the name of that movie, but it was pretty good. Like Justin Long was like this ninety. He was in Tusk, yeah, of course. Uh, Tusk. You know, he's he's a lovable idiot, right? And this movie, this movie was actually filmed here in Northwest Arkansas, um, which a lot of people didn't know it was, except for they were like, I think we saw Justin Long at Ozark Natural Food drinking coffee. And it was because he was working on this this film with Kate Bosworth, and they filmed it at Dromberg Castle, right? And that was kind of, you know, it's a horror movie, and I was like, I like Justin Long, I like horror movies, I like, I like filmmaking and it was produced by Rock Hill Studios which is here in town shout outs to my homies over at Rock Hill Studios and it's worth a watch okay is it worth a repeat watch no uh so sorry plug your ears anybody at Rock Hill Studios this movie should have been a short film um my my big issue with this movie is it it very much felt like a person that wrote a stage play that was like, I've got myself a really good script, it's edgy, it's modern, it's hip, it's sexy, um, but let's turn it into a movie, and then uh, they wanted to turn, they, they desperately wanted it to be a feature film, and I mean, it's an hour and 28 minutes long, it could have easily been an hour it could have it could have been an episode like of Tales from the Dark Side or Tales from the Crypt or Tales from Not a Feature Length Film. Um, you know, this is a, this is something that should have been in an anthology um, or creep show or something. Something that's going to be like an hour long. And the story is, you know, um, Justin Long's character gets kind of enticed back to the mansion uh, from Mina. And she's clearly a vampire. Like, she's super creepy, super weird, super, like, I'm DTF to also drink your blood. Or, or, or down to phlebotomize you, I guess, is this the, the DTF there. Uh, do you like that one? A little medical joke. Um, and But it's all conversational. It's just this, like, hour and 15-minute awkward back-and-forth conversation. And uh, it... it Let's see. Velvet Saint on Twitch says Neil Labute also did a Stranger did Stranger Things, which is a one time watch experience. <laughs> um, let's see. David said, "Notice the names, Mean and Lucy." Vince says, "Sound like it's impossible to be an under the radar famo in NWA. You guys have eyes everywhere. We do. We're always watching. I mean, it's not a very big. It's not a very big city. Um, you know, our our, our metro area is only five hundred thousand here. So anyway, this movie, you know, it, it's lit well. The 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 performances are great, but the story, like what's happening in, in the story is stretched out so far that it starts to become threadbare, you know, and it just really lacked something big. And the, 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 the reveal at the end where they are vampires and, I mean, no surprise, Justin Long's going to die at the end, right because it's Justin Long. I mean, you saw Drag Me to Hell, right? I mean, that was the biggest twist of Drag Me to Hell. Is he? You didn't. You they really had you going that he was going to survive, but it's Justin Long, so he doesn't. Um, 
And, you know, this movie just, like, let you down. By the time the end happened, it was supposed to be like, whoa, horror. Look at what these three ladies did. They, like, drank his blood. Can you even believe they're vampires? Well, it's like, yeah, you just spent an hour and 15 minutes completely hammering it over the head that these these ladies are clearly vampires and Justin Long is clearly too horny and stupid to, to catch on until he does and then they eat him and you know it it made me kind of upset because I wanted to like this movie especially because it was a locally produced film and not all of those are always very good and uh, I, yeah I just I don't know I don't know I just felt like this was a conversational, a long conversation that did not need to be an hour and 20 minute long movie, much like my review of this movie, uh, a little long. So um, it's out there. It's on Hulu. Is it worth a watch? Like if you live in Northwest Arkansas and you want to know what the inside of Dromberg Castle looks like, hell yeah, it's worth a watch. Uh, if you like Justin Long, um, yeah, I mean, because Justin Long is doing the Justin Long show. And if you're, if you, if you find that stuff charming and fun and you you want a little Justin Long fix you're gonna get it but is this movie a great horror film is it is it something you're gonna want to revisit is it something you're gonna recommend to people probably not um, because it's not doing anything unique or interesting even with trying to turn you know uh, the 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 Dracula storyline into something like you know modern and hip like oh well you know the, em, let's empower these three vampire chicks instead of just making them Dracula servants it's like well you also didn't do them any service by writing paper thin characters about them and giving them absolutely no drive and purpose in this movie except for to finally drink his blood like zzz, get out of here Al Topich on Twitch says I got an interview I got to interview Labute about the movie he seemed to be more interested in exploring gender roles as opposed to making a horror movie but that's my point about this movie is he did not explore gender roles in this movie um because like they kept having conversations about like well who took who home and it's like yo you're a hypnotizing like blood-sucking creature of the night like you set a trap for this guy like if you want a movie if you want a more interesting movie watch under the skin okay like if labute was trying to make under the skin but with the Dracula twist on it um then he failed because you know this movie is not heady it's not trying it, it does not push an envelope it does not get a conversation started about gender roles and like you know okay so you're gonna turn it upside down where you know the guy takes the girl home but you know the girl's really the one that's it's like come on dude this is like so just scratching the surface of what you could explore with these themes and you know it's like I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of people try to think by just role swapping means you're exploring gender roles when you're really not. Like, it's take it deeper. You know, it's possible to make people think of a larger idea than just like going, oh my gosh, Superman's a woman now, or like, you know, whatever. It, it, that, that's, not, that's not exploring gender roles. That's just putting a different coat of paint on it you know McLean says Justin Long doesn't make a fun of Herbie the love bug in one movie and then dies and everyone does since it yes uh, Apple Shadow the way you describe Justin Long reminded me of how he is in Comet and lots of conversations in that movie yes uh, Velvet Santa says gives a whole new meaning to the term thirst trap not womp womp um so yeah I mean I'm, I'm trying to think of you you want to take a, a a horror movie that does a really good job exploring gender roles watch Ginger Snaps 
Like if, 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 I mean, that's not a new movie, but it is a movie that is, was doing stuff with gender roles in horror that, that to this day, people are still not like touching the surface of what that movie was trying to do. Um, and, and accomplished, not trying accomplished, you know, it's, um, taking something that's classic, like, you know, a, a werewolf tale, which is really, you know, uh, if you want to just boil it down a big sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, metaphor about like testosterone driven rape fantasy and things like this, right? You know, the, the, the werewolf story is like the, the unbridled rage of being a dude, man. It's just like, we're crazy on a full moon. You can't stop us. But ginger snaps kind of really explored, um, taking a very, uh, an interesting female twist on it, which, uh, which was great and incredibly refreshing in a, in a genre that was predominantly dominated with uh, male stories. So, you know, get out of here thinking that, that House of Darkness was exploring gender roles. Come on, dude. I could write a freaking paper on how it wasn't. Uh, but I'm not gonna. Thank you for filming your movie in Northwest Arkansas. You should still watch it. That's just how I felt about it. It's a little long. Would it have been a great episode of Tales from the Crypt? Absolutely. Should he have submitted a shorter version to the new season of Creepshow on Shudder? 1,000%. Does it exist as a feature-length film on Hulu that I want to see again? The jury is out. So, there you go. Um, That's my thoughts. Next up, which I'm going to talk about a little bit longer, is House Party. Um, House Party, and I'm going to dissect this movie too somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but we're going to do it. Um, Wait, Velvet Santa says, I missed Tales from the Crypt. I only saw it on Fox, though. I do have the DVD box set um, because it's really worth having. Um, The House Party, House Party movies. Oh, my God. Um, There are so many uh, movies in the House Party franchise. Um, there is, uh, House Party, House Party 2, House Party 3, House Party 4, Down to the Last Minute, House Party, Tonight's the Night, and now, the new edition, House Party. Um, these movies, uh, you know, originally written and directed by Reginald Hudlin, um, it was a really interesting time. The 90s were, um... A, a really transformative time for hip hop and hip hop culture, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and put a huge asterisk on this review. I'm for those of you who listen to the podcast, I'm a straight white dude, so you know um, I'm about to talk a lot about you know the black experience here. So you know, uh, don't get mad at me, like or whatever, because hopefully I'm going to do it some justice, but again, yes, not a black person, not a black man, uh, I did live in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, and, uh, you know, had a black friend, had lots of black friends, I was very, I, I had jabos, I wore cross-color shirts, I had a backwards black socks jersey, or white socks jersey when I was, when I was in, um, junior high, but, um, I grew up, with 90s hip-hop like that was what got me into DJing that's what um was my favorite genre of music and House Party was one of my favorite movies okay I loved House Party this movie Kid and Play I learned how to do the dance I you know uh the 90s 
the 90s version of hip-hop culture was so much more empowering than I feel like modern uh, kind of commercialized hip-hop has become. You know, you, you have like the, the, the days of Spike, uh, Spike Lee, you've got, you know, uh, you're, you're just this, this, this pioneering new cinema of, of things that could both be comedies. You could, they had action, they had, you know, um, drama, you know, the, the, but that house party was, it was, it was a pretty slapstick sort of situational comedy that, was not only empowering because you know you've got a story about Christopher Reed who was kid and uh, Christopher Martin who was play, and you know they were uh, they were hip hop artists at the time and they had made this film and it was about you know this guy trying to get to college trying to pay for stuff and he has this friend who's a little you know they they had this yin and yang about him and you know it was about throwing this big party you know and 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 having fun and and finding yourself and it was very much kind of a coming of age story even though they did like four of these cuz you know the next one was in college and all this kind of stuff but it was about how these two friends it was really just like a buddy a buddy comedy of these two friends navigating you know growing up and making these decisions and there was an innocence about the original house party that like this new one got lost because it made me thinking it made me think a lot this new house party more than I should about a movie about two dudes throwing a house party um and and it's only because I kept thinking about the old one and you know in the old one like it it made me really kind of realize how modern comedy and uh pop culture is accepting of drug use and illicit behavior, you know, in a way that these older films, you know, and not to like sound like, wow, man, I'm so conservative and these old movies are just, you know, there's just so wild these days. But you know, we got a movie like called Cocaine Bear coming out and and this movie there's like cocaine all like all over TV right now. Everybody's just like snorting snow like frosty over here like it's no big deal and like cocaine's a hell of a drug as Rick James told us and you know, normalizing these things like normalizing um you know the these monstrous substance abuse situations where people are are altering their realities and perceptions and getting into situations that are uh, incredibly illegal and and it's and it's cool and it's fun and it's you know and, and it's something that that like you know, I think The Hangover was probably the first big one, the first big comedy that I can really remember that just celebrated being a criminal and like that it's cool and it's hip to just like get absolutely coked out of your mind and doing crime and um while this this house party was about breaking into LeBron James's house and uh throwing this wild rager uh, and 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 making money off of it and and you know hijinks ensue like this this movie did I, I this rewind I enjoyed this movie. Okay, um, it, it was fun. Um, I, I I I thought that it was a, an interesting spin on an old formula, but uh, there was a scene with Kid Cudi that I can't stop replaying in my head. How funny it was! Um, this just absolutely hysterical side side quest with Kid Cudi that will stick with me forever. Um, it, it just, 
did not stop being funny and to, and I left the theater just thinking about how hilarious it was and it was a, it, it it took a it this movie took a weird sidetrack into that sort of hangover style parallel universe that some of these comedies exist in where like I, I, you know I don't want to spoil it but I feel like probably a lot of you guys aren't going to actually go out and watch this movie but Kid Cudi's in the Illuminati right and it's just this insane side plot that you're like what and it just gets so absurd and so insane that you cannot help but just laugh hysterically because you're seeing all of these incredibly famous people that you know and that's kind of what the house party franchise has been about is having a lot of cameos having these people come in and you know snoop dogs in it and and kid cuddies in it and uh genuine's in it and like there's or there's just this is a lot of just all, all these nba players are in it and it's fun cameos but kid cuddy oh my god oh my god it was so funny but the story it really doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't do anything for um there's no good lessons there's no good the 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 friendship bond that you see from the original first and second house party films with kid and play uh there's a relationship there that is very authentic on screen that wasn't really translated here and you know and i think it also because kid and play were were an iconic duo that had a relationship outside of this movie. This movie, the original House Party, wasn't made because these two guys are actors and they're like, we got an idea for a movie. It was like, these two guys are are successful performers and they are starring in a... It's kind of like Method Mad and Red Band, you know? Um, the, 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 their relationship on screen, you can tell that it's more than on screen. And I think that that's what made those those first handful of uh, House Party movies work, where this movie just didn't have that same depth of, of friendship and likability from the two characters that you see. Um, and I don't, don't know why I'm getting so deep and philosophical about House Party, but... Um, but again, it's it's just something that's near and dear to me, and 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 the there was a lot of callbacks. You know, they referenced uh, pajama jammy jam, which is a, a quote from the second one when they throw a pajama jammy jam in college. There was uh, one of the house party movies playing on a TV in the background. There was uh, kid and play were both in it very brief, like very briefly. Didn't even have a line, which I thought was kind of surprising. Um, but but yeah, I mean. Is this a comedy that people are going to go back and watch again? No. Uh, did I have a good time watching it? Absolutely. Did I think that it was a, a little interesting seeing what we accept as like fun and innocent behavior on screen like escalated over time? It kind of makes me scratch my head. It's like, oh my god, like where how how far we've come from you know, what an acceptable good time is in terms of, um, you know, the innocence of throwing a house party in the 90s versus the insane debauchery that happens when throwing a house party in 2023 um, involving, like, Grand Theft Auto and uh, breaking and entry and theft and larceny and... Um, uh, violent like like assault and violence and uh it's just like whoa man that escalated quick because like the, the 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 most trouble that the the kid and play got into was that you know those three dudes wanted to beat him up for 
taking a stereo or something and it's like come on anyway uh house party it's in theaters right now you could check it out uh it's a fun it's a it's a stupid fun movie so um not for everyone probably but if you know if you like the style of you know tongue-in-cheek buddy comedies then it's it's right up your alley quit yelling at the clouds and get with the times Bo says velvet santa on twitch um i'm trying and and again you know lebron james is very much the lebron james show um because space jam 2 was so successful with his acting career um and i i guess he keeps he keeps thinking he's gonna be an actor so um we'll keep putting him in movies uh, he seems to be a good sport about it so everybody loves lebron so yeah there you go house party it's uh oh of course yeah Z- uh, Zimmerhammer on Twitch says I'm sure he's producing it e- yeah oh yeah you know that money's got to come from somewhere so house party it's in theaters right now I don't know how long it's going to be in theaters it did not open up very strong uh but it also did not open up in many theaters either so there you go it does not have a full nationwide release right now it is what I would call expanded release uh which is kind of surprising that we got it so it's here if you want to see it. Okay, we got 15 minutes left in the show. It's about that time to do the box office roundup. Uh, Zimmerhammer says you're gonna go. Yeah, I mean you should. Uh, it's it's fun. Like if anything, for the Kid Cudi storyline. Like, I mean, I mean, if if you're a if you know who Kid Cudi is, it makes it even more hilarious. Um, even if you don't know who Kid Cudi is, it still if you know that Kid Cudi is a a prominent musician that exists in the real world it will make it that much it it doesn't take much to make it funny but if you know kid cuddy then you're gonna love it um so anyway that's all i'm gonna say about it but uh okay so let's go over the box office roundup uh what about house the fox medical drama it's all house show oh my god um yeah we're gonna talk about house of dragons and then house and then house two the second story uh which is one of my f- like i wouldn't call it favorite horror movies but if you've never seen house two the second story that is a bizarre ass movie um movie hour says house party is not my style uh yeah let's like i said it's not for everybody um but you know it was the movie I saw this week, and I try to at least see something every week. Um, house guest. There's a lot of houses, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's out there, and I'm gonna review it for you. Just like I still have to catch up with my worst of 2022 list because there's a lot of movies out there that I gotta watch that I don't want to watch, and I still have to. So yeah, uh, Vince says, "Dare I say the best sequel title? Second story? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That movie is. I mean, it's a, it's a movie about a dude that moves into a house, and his grandfather or great grandfather was. Uh, I mean, his great great grandfather was like a prospector and found a an Aztec crystal skull, right? And um, and 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 it had magical powers, and so they built this crazy mansion to ch- try and harness these magical powers." And he gets inherited this this mansion, 
uh, and he, he, him and his buddy move in, and they invite some friends over, blah, 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 to have a house party, but the grandfather's arch rival, who was another cowboy who's now a zombie, comes back from the dead to try and get this magical crystal skull, and the other grandfather comes back to life to help his grandson, but the, the house is a conduit that opens up portals to other dimensions so in in the course of this there's like a pterodactyl that becomes their friend there's like an alien worm rottweiler that becomes their pet they rescue some sort of incan princess which like becomes their girlfriend and they battle a zombie cowboy throughout the 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 how the, the the rooms of this mansion and uh it doesn't stop getting weirder but um it's a it's a super fun movie and it's 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 one of those movies that shows you that a, a movie doesn't have to be good to be great. So, um, And yes, uh, Bill Maher has a supporting role in House 2. Um, he sure does. And he is a record producer, uh, I believe, in that film. So, All right, time for the box office. Uh, we're going to give you the box office rundown, number 10, uh, and go to number 1. It's the top 10 movies in America from the last weekend, uh, January 13th through 15th, 2023. We only give you domestic numbers for a reason, and that's because that's what the studios care about most. Everything over in the uh, international market is just gravy to help them get past the finish line, but if it doesn't do good in the domestic, then it's not going to get a sequel. Um, Warcraft is the probably the best example of that one. So, uh, number 10. Actually, let's go ahead and do number 11 because one of our viewers messaged me over the weekend and asked if I was going to see Skinamarink. And Skinamarink is a uh, kind of an indie horror film. It actually opened up at number 11. It was only in 692 theaters nationwide. It's from IFC Films, and it opened up with $815,000 domestically. Number 10, Walter Vera is uh, another uh, Hindi film. It came out with $1,080,000 at the box office and three hundred and fifty theaters nationwide uh opening up at number 10 number nine whitney houston's i want to dance with somebody uh, coming in with 1.2 million this week in its fourth week in release uh dropping down quite a bit there from tristar pictures bringing its total domestic gross to up to 21.9 million number eight the whale coming in at 1.4 uh doing pretty well for itself uh kind of all the hype, just like we say, like a movie that gets gets a lot of hype will eventually, you know, get more of a wider release and make it make some money. But it opened up in an additional 665 theaters this week, bringing its total domestic gross in a six week, very, very limited run. Uh, up to $10.7 million, uh, and that's an A24 release. Number seven, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, coming in at $2.3 million in its 10th weekend release from Walt Disney uh, Studios, bringing in $449 million domestically at the box office. You know, doing great. Probably going to see another three or four sequels to that until we stop giving it money. Uh, number six, opening up at number six, what we just talked about, House Party. Uh, $3.8 million. I'll also say that the House Party soundtrack was not as good as the original House Party soundtrack. Even though it was playing a lot of older jams, which I thought was kind of interesting, uh, the original House Party film was really good at showcasing kind of underground and new upcoming cool hip-hop of the time. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, $3.8 million in its opening uh, weekend. It was only in 1,400 theaters nationwide. So, And that one's coming out from Warner Brothers. Number five, coming out from Lionsgate, opening up at number five, oof, even though it had a very wide release of over 3,000 theaters, was plain. Uh, $10.2 million in its opening weekend. Not great. Um, I'm pretty sure that they were hoping that they could get a top three spot, considering the top four are all movies that have been out for at least a 
week or two. So, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, Dina says, we've been talking about getting butts in seats, and it's literally original horror movies that are doing it. It doesn't matter if they're good this. It's what people want right now. Because it's an easy sell, you know, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Like, original horror, um, and horror in general right now, it's people, there is something that people still attribute to going to the theater to see a horror movie because the scares are bigger you're isolated you're in the dark you know there's there's people around you that you don't know could be stabbing you the experience of seeing a horror movie in the theater is still there for a lot of people and I feel like that lends to the strength of indie horror films finding this this weird renaissance of 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 being like this last bastion of theatrical release hope and you know, like with movies like Barbarian coming out, like no one expected that. But you can always bet on an, an indie horror movie to do well, considering its you know cost, its cost benefit. You know, um, you know the the the, the horror genre. It's, it's 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 always it's always one to bet on. Number four, number four from Columbia Pictures getting an expanded release finally uh, over three. 1,165 additional theaters uh, uh, released this weekend was A Man Called Otto uh, bringing in $12.8 million at the box office and it's three weeks for Columbia Pictures bringing in a total of $19 million at the box office so not huge uh, it did get a big bump this week but still not enough to take away from the obvious uh, chart toppers. Number three Puss in Boots Last Wish bringing in $14.3 million in its fourth week in release from Universal Pictures bringing its total domestic gross up to 107 million a lot of good reviews about puss in boots i i I do kind of want to go see it um it is on my list as dust starts to settle at pinpoint i am trying to get into the theater more so you will be hearing more from me in uh the the film review world so number two uh m3 or megan as the lead speak uh we explained last couple of weeks ago bring in 18.2 million dollars because there you go indie horror as dina just pointed out on youtube uh second week in release bring in 18.2 million dollars bringing its total domestic gross up to 56.7 million dollars for universal pictures uh universal getting very excited about horror so excited that they're opening up a year-long horror themed attraction in las vegas based upon their universal studios halloween horror nights which is so successful down in universal studios orlando um kind of excited about that not excited that it's in las vegas because i don't really like las vegas but uh i will probably go check it out because i can't go to halloween horror nights because it happens in october and october is my month that i am uh trapped like a genie in my bottle uh here in northwest arkansas but the number one movie in America, you guessed it. I do not need to tell you that it's still Avatar Way of the Water. Uh, $32.4 million at the box office. Another huge weekend for them. Fifth weekend release so far, bringing it up to $564 million domestically. We are, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are this shy of it entering the $2 billion mark, which I'm so disappointed inhumanity on this one you guys why did we give it to it's not a two billion dollar movie it is not and i've heard people try to justify why they think it's a great movie and they and it's not a strong argument wouldn't hold up in court against a jury of your peers um you know it's i just continue to be dumbfounded by 
us snowballing things. You know, it's like movies don't have to be good, but the more money it makes, the more people feel like they have to see it. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's it just, it just blows my mind. Um I don't know. I don't know. But Avatar's still out there. It's still making money. It's um it's crazy. Uh, Al Topich says people love to turn off their brains and watch the spectacle. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, cat videos, you know. Um, Vince says, like you saying, Space Jam Two is a big hit. Like, really? Um, Dina says James Cameron has our FBI files. Uh, he's got something, man. It's just, I, I, uh, yeah. It just does not compute in my brain of why. Why this just continues to 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 do what they knew it was going to, you know, the Illuminati again. Uh, Vince on Twitch throwing out the Fathom event calendar uh, for the next handful of days. Got some Groundhog Day, Casablanca, Big Lebowski, Greece, Vacation, uh, Enter the Dragon, Rain Man, and the Birds, as well as Scarface, all coming out uh, in the next few months through Fathom Events. Uh, that that comment is going to be on our Twitch if you want to re- watch the replay. Check that out. Always check out Fathom Events. Really cool stuff out there. And uh, find out other movies that aren't avatars that you can go out there and see. And, and another thing about going and seeing movies, check your local listings, guys. Um, this is something that 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 I was having a conversation with our Malco, one of our Malco managers, the other day. And um, shout out to um, you know our boy Larry down at the Malco. Uh, he's awesome, awesome guy. But. One of the things we're saying is, you know, these smaller release, these Fathom events, a lot of people go, I didn't even hear about it. I didn't hear about how am I supposed to hear about it? You're not supposed to hear about it. you got to find it. Like, the way that information travels now is if you if you want something, you got to search it out. Because we are so used to tuning out all of this information, it is quite literally impossible for Fathom events to communicate to the average person this that, that, that say, Groundhog Day is playing at on February 2nd and 5th in theaters nationwide. You know, you're not going to see a trailer for it. Uh, you're not, it's not going to pop up on your ads when you're watching cat videos on YouTube. It's something that you need to go seek out, you know. And as Vince said, how am I supposed to know what's good? Hey, man, how am I supposed to know that Big Lebowski is going to be playing May 14th? Man, I, nobody told me, man. I was like, and I like a white Russian dude. You know, no one fucks with the Jesus. You know what I'm saying? That's my favorite part, dude. I love, love that part, man. But yeah, the dude, the dude abides. Um, you know, but but you have to seek out this information. You have to be open to this information and and look for it. So you know, a lot of times when these uh, limited release movies come out, it is your local listings. Just 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 check malco.com, check AMC, check your whatever it is, and and it may be something that just comes in for a day or a week, and you know, check it out. Like and and then they they complain like these theaters go, nobody comes and sees these movies, so it's just like you know, an an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. It's like the audience is like, I don't know that it's there, and the theaters like, well, no one's showing up, so you know, ugh. so you know, I try to ask audiences to 
go a little extra. You know, you can't expect every bit of information to come to you. Even though we have these dumb things, we think that we have all the information in the world coming to us because uh, I looked at Facebook, man, I didn't see it. And it's like you've got to go that extra mile to do that research to find out these things because the information is not going to land in your lap, I promise. So, um, yeah. There you go. All right, gang, that's my show. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. You can download this show, take it on the go, and not have to look at my face. Uh, or you can just love and worship my face on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube every week live right here, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, unscripted, always live, always off the top of the dome. You can check out our Discord. You can chat with all of our viewers and listeners and all that fun stuff. You can get to know all of the fun personalities of the Drive-In Speaker Box audience. Um, we need to come up with like a fun a fun name for, for you guys. Um, but anyway, you can, you can follow along. There is a Discord link right there in the comments, thanks to our mod on Twitch, Vince, uh, throwing that out there. It is pinned on our YouTube and our Twitch and our Facebook. And uh, Velvet Santa says, your picture's on my buddy doll. Uh, ooh, um, that's, that's uh, thanks for that. But um, I'll be your buddy. Anyway, Movie Hour says, uh, give Jake our love. Yeah, he's, uh, he's out sick. I'm going to try and doing the show uh, early on Sunday next week because I'm doing our holiday staff party for Pinpoint. So I apologize for the the, the whack schedule so far in January. Um, but we will be up here probably Sunday night to record the show. So if you want to jump into that late, uh, live Sunday night at 8, we're going to move it a day early. But for those of you that down the podcast, it's not going to not going to affect you at all. Information will come to you. So uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Bo, the Boom Operator, and I will see you guys next week. Ta-ta. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.